So let's now uh, turn to page, not page, excuse me, to 1 Corinthians, to the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 3. Usually I only have a verse or two. Wouldn't you know this day I chose a lot more than that. So let's go to 1 Corinthians, chapter 3, as we're going to read verses 9 through 17. I know that's quite a bit. If we could please stand on the reading of his word, it would be appreciated. If you can't, I understand that. I really do. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9 through 17. And it says this. In 1 Corinthians 3, 9 through 17. For we are laborers together with God. You are God's vineyard. You are God's building. According to the grace of God, which has been given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, but another builds on it. Now let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no one can lay another foundation than that which was laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or stubble, each one's work will be revealed, for the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire. And with the fire will test what sort of work each has done. If anyone's work which he has built on the foundation endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss. But he himself will be saved, still going through the fire. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him, for the temple of God is holy, and you are his temple. God bless and honor the reading of his word, and you may be seated. Forty years ago tomorrow, 40 years ago tomorrow, on January the 17th, 1982, the first official opening day of the Moment of Truth Baptist Church. It was just the Moment of Truth Baptist Church in the beginning. I say official because we actually met a couple times in December in the house that we that I still I live in now actually, but uh, I didn't for a while. But either way, I was only five years old. That's right, five years old. I would say I was cute, but I don't want to lie. <laughs> Fact is, is that I was uh, five years old. That was 1982, technically 81 in the beginning. But either way, we met officially January 17th, 1982. And uh, we met right out here, 69 Highway, right out there. And it was uh, over here in Clay Como, not too very far from here, a little brick building. You'll see it today. If you're still here after the meal, we're going to have a little uh, show of pictures and things, Lord willing, Lord willing. And uh, got a, a, about 200 pictures or so to show you. You'll see. And there's a whole lot of things, a whole lot of pictures and things to show you. And we started in this one little bit, just one room, just one room with a little bathroom attached, and it was just a little bitty. And I remember, we couldn't see how we were going to be able to continue to go on, but God had different plans. God had different plans. Different plans, in fact. In fact, on that very first Sunday, my father, the founding pastor, asked a question, and as he preached the sermon, and this question and the title of that sermon was, What kind of church? What kind of church? That was the title of his sermon. What kind of church? 
And for the next 40 years, we went through three buildings, four pastors, and hundreds of Christian soldiers. And they would come and they would go and they would grow and follow as God leads. And so the title of today's sermon is What Kind of Church? What kind of church? And so the question I have to ask for you today is what kind of church do you want to be? What kind of church do you want to be? What kind of church do you want to be? What kind of church do you want to be as you go following God? What kind of church do you want to be? Do you want to be the kind of church that follows God and listens to him as he leads you and you grow and go and see what he will have you to do? Well, the people, that is to say the Christians, the, uh, we are to be the members of the church. We uh, are not the, uh, let, let me just say it again. The church, the church itself, is not the building. The church is not the building. The church is the people. You know, a lot of times when you drive on the highway, and I understand it, we're, we're used to saying this, but a lot of times we drive by on a highway or on a road and we say, isn't that a nice church? Well, that's the church building. That's where they meet. I understand that. Isn't that a beautiful church? Isn't that a nice place? But I got news for you. That is not the church. That is just the building in which the church meets. It's not the church itself. It's not the building. The building is just the place which the church meets together. The church is the people together. And I got another news for you. If it is a place of a religion, if it is a place that is false to the Bible, it's not really a church. We'll talk about that more in a little bit. That is really just a falsified joint that uses God's name falsely. And that's something that the devil has puppeted them to do. I'm going to sit down here for a minute so I don't get too dizzy. But let me just tell you, we the people are the church. We the people are the church that God has put together. We the people are the church. In 1 Corinthians 3.9, we can see it because it says, For we are laborers together with God. You are God's vineyard. You are God's building. You're his building. You are his building. You the people are his building. It says in Ephesians 4, 2 through 7, with all humility, we need to remember that, with all humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another in love. Now, I, I, I've seen a lot of wonderful Christian soldiers throughout the 40 years with love and patience. And it says, with one another in love, verse 3 here, it says, be eager to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. It tells us how to, to keep a church together, to keep it to grow. And I can see that here today with both churches here together. Because I'm going to tell you something. We, the church, the church, by the way, is not really the group. The church, we're talking about two churches together, two unities together. But in reality, we're still a church. All of us together are the family of God, bound together by the blood and by the Holy Spirit. This is what it says again, Ephesians 4, 2 through 7, with all humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another in love, be eager to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body, one body, one Spirit, even as you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. 
But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Oh, praise the Lord God. I get excited when I read those words. I get excited because I know that we are all together through the blood of Jesus Christ, through the grace that he has saved us all upon the cross, but not just through the cross, but when he raised up from the dead, we are saved by that grace, not because we deserve it, but because he loves us enough to do so. And we were blessed enough through the Holy Spirit to know that we needed it and we accepted it. Praise God. We the people, the church, I know when you hear the words, we the people, you want to say, we the people of the United States. No, 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 no. We the people of the United Church. We the people of the church. We need to keep on keeping on. Keep on keeping on. These are the words that my father said so very often. It was like a motto for him. He said it all the time. So I quote my dad quite a bit. I must admit. Some people may say, don't you think you do that a lot? You bet I do. You know, you probably do the same thing with your dad or your mama, especially if you were founded in the gospel of Jesus Christ in your home. And rightly so, because the Bible tells us to bring your child up in the way they should go. Bring them up in the way they should go. My father did. So I keep on keeping on, not just keep on keeping on, but keep on keeping on the way of Jesus Christ, as he says so very often. He said it a lot. My father was the founding pastor, I'm proud to say. He often did that because he told us to keep on serving the Lord God. And we as a church need to continue to keep reading and cultivating and spreading the Word of God, the Bible. Not just that. We need to keep reading and cultivating and spreading the Word of God, the Bible, and the love of God in word and in deed. We need to continue to spread it to the people around us. I know it gets hard. I quote this. I say this a lot. We see people saying things to us, whether it be through phone whether it be online, I don't know if any of you all here today are on computer a lot. I know I get on computer several times. First of all, I spread the stuff on computer uh, for the church. But I'll be honest with you, I get on Facebook and sometimes I look up stupid things, you know, new flicks or TV shows or whatever. And the thing that irks me the most is that people will sometimes just for the fun of it, I guess it's fun for them, to mock you or make fun of you or whatever just for your picture. And then they'll like to make fun of you, especially if you have something about Jesus. And they start mocking you and make fun of you for Jesus. But folks, what does the Bible say about me and mocked in the name of Jesus Christ? I'd rather be mocked for that than the fact that I have such a beautiful hairdo. The point is, is that it's okay if you're going to be mocked in the name of Jesus Christ because not that I want them to mock Jesus' name, but at least you know you're going to be rewarded because you're, you're suffering for the name of Christ. I know it's not fun, but, but Christ suffered for us. And we are going to suffer for Christ. Take up your cross. Take up your cross. We the people, the church, need to keep on keeping on no matter what. No matter what. It says in 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17, all scripture, talking about the word of God now, all scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, and for, for correction. And for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Take up that word. Carry it. Keep it with you. It is your sword. It is your shield. It protects you. Ephesians 4.29 Let no unwholesome word proceed out of your mouth, but only that which is good for building up, that it may be may give grace to the listeners. Oh, I wish I could tell you I've done that. Mm -mm. No, 
Oh, yes. The word of God comes out of my mouth. But I love to tell you that I've never said anything uh, unwholesome. I love to tell you I've never said something stupid. But that would be a lie. There have been a lot of stupid things come out of this mouth. Maybe I'm the only one here that could claim that. Or maybe I'm the only one honest here. I don't know. Uh, you don't need to raise your hand here. But let's be honest with you. Just about every human can uh, admit that they've been a stooge before and have been have fallen for the traps of the devil. We've all said dumb things. We've all gotten in the flesh. But here's something great about that. Even though we've fallen for those tricks, those traps, God still says, get up, son. Get up, daughter. I've forgiven you. Don't fall for it again. Just keep following me. It's going to be okay. Pick up your cross. Follow me. It's going to be all right. And it says in Hebrews 4.12, For the word of God is alive and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Jesus is with us. He protect us. He's with us even now. I don't know what you're going through right now, but I have a feeling there's people here who have people, maybe family members, maybe there's a neighbor, maybe there's someone in your workplace who's giving you problems and trying to get you to go along with the flow of the world. Don't do it. Pick up the word. Pick up that shield. Pick it up. Fight back. Not fight with your own flesh, but fight with the spirit. Fight back. Get up against Satan and say, look, I can't do it, but Christ who's in me can. You can do it. It says in Romans 10, 17, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Because you are not alone. You have the word of God flowing through you. And if you don't, what's holding us back? We have it. Pick it up. It's with us. And if you don't have that, folks, we have computers and everything else. Now, I personally, I do look up stuff on computer and everything, word-wise and everything else. But I'm going to tell you something. Nothing, I mean, nothing could help me like the, the uh, tangible word of God. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I look up stuff on computers and my, my computer on my phone and everything else. But there's nothing that makes me feel oh so wholesome like picking up the tangible word of God. And just, I'm not kidding you when I'm reading and studying just holding it like this. It makes me feel so good. It makes me feel so good to study it. It comes in here and in here. And it helps. Talk about myself now. But folks, not only are we to read and cultivate and spread the word of God and the love of God and the word and deed to other people, but we are also to welcome, welcome others into the house of God and then to the family of God. Today, I've been so proud of my people here welcoming other Christian soldiers into this house Welcome him here. But folks, we're to welcome others, even those who are lost. Welcome to the house of God. You know what I always hear from, from people? Now, let's be honest with you. Let me be honest with you. A lot of it is a bunch of hooey. And they say they don't feel welcome to the house of God. Well, I'm not saying that they didn't have a, a harsh experience. Maybe they did. But let's be truthful about it. A lot of times the devil will whisper in their ear, and they say, well, they didn't look at me and say, welcome to the house of God. And so they, they, they didn't feel like they had people with banners and coming around them. And let's, let's be truthful about it. They didn't feel welcome because they didn't want to be welcome. They didn't want to welcome into the house of God. I'm not saying they didn't have a bad experience. But sometimes people didn't welcome into the feel welcome into the house of God because they didn't want to be there. Because deep down there's a part of the flesh that didn't want to be there into the house of God. I'm not talking about the moment of truth. 
I'm talking about church in general. They didn't want to be in the house of God, and so they didn't feel welcome because they didn't want to be welcome into the house of God. That's oftentimes what it is. That's a lot of times why people don't go to the house of God because they don't want to be in the house of God. That's what we have a lot of times going on. I'm not saying that specifically to anybody. I'm saying it happens oftentimes. We're to welcome people to the house of God. Let them know that they're welcome into the house of God. James 1.5, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men liberally without criticism, and it will be given to him. Now, listen to what it says in 1 Thessalonians 5.11. So comfort yourselves together and edify one another just as you are doing. And I'm very proud of the churches here. I'm very proud of them today. Because I could tell in both churches we try to build each other up. Now there are some people, sometimes you get frustrated and irritated with one another. This happens. We are human after all. And sometimes people get frustrated. This happens in life. It happens with Christians. It happens with non-Christians. People feel frustrated. But we're to build each other up. And let me explain something. A lot of times <laughs> you'll see different people say, well, I, I didn't feel welcome to the church. Or they'll say um, they felt frustrated in church because they didn't get exactly what they wanted. And a lot of times that's also because not only do they not want to feel welcome in church, because they didn't go to church to really feel the power of God, they wanted to get what they wanted. They went into the church wanting to change the church and change the word of God, and that's not what we're to do. We're to go to church to be changed, not to change what's already there into the word. The word's supposed to change us, not us change the word, and we know that. We know that. Listen to what it says in Romans 14, 19. Therefore, let us pursue the things which produce peace and the things that build up one another. We're to build each other up. We're to build each other up. You see, when we go into a church, when we are a part of the church, we're supposed to be building the church up. That's what's so beautiful about the church. Again, I'm not talking about the building of the church, but building the church up. The people are building one another up. Build them up. Don't tear them down. Don't tear each other down. Build each other up. And I'm not talking about saying you're perfect just the way you are. No, no, no. God is making you wonderful every single day. It says in 1 John 1 7, but if we walk by, excuse me, if we walk in the light as he, talking about Jesus, if he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Praise the Lord. He cleanses us from all sin. That's the building of the church, knowing that God can cleanse us from the things. When we go to a church and we, we go into a church, we may expect to be perfect. I know that whenever I was saved. I was just a little bitty boy. I thought the moment that I asked Jesus Christ into my heart, I was going to be perfect. Did anyone else, don't raise your hand here. Did anyone else think that the moment that you asked Jesus in your heart, you'd be perfect and you didn't have to grow, you'd just be the way you are and you're 100% perfect? Well, I was wrong. <laughs> it takes time to grow, and that's how you build the church. You build the people up. Time after time, you have to build the people up. Slow but sure. 1 Corinthians 14, 12. So seeing that you are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek that you may excel to the edifying of the church. Took me a long time. You have to understand, I got saved when I was seven years old. Seven years old. Just a little bitty guy. Now, took me time to start to excel. Took me some time. But you know, when I started to excel, 
it was because I started to serve God. And I had no self-esteem at all. And it came that God called me to do a few things here and there. And I said, I can't do it. I'm not good enough. Well, I was, I was partially right. On my own, couldn't do it. But God called me. If God calls you and you listen to God, he will call you and you listen to him and you serve him and keep serving him no matter how good or ungood you are, you will grow and continue to do so and serve him with a full heart and those gifts will grow and you will grow in the Lord. Now, I didn't understand any of the gifts, but now I do. And I'm going to read to you right now Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. And this is very important. Listen to these gifts. Maybe you have these gifts. Maybe you do not. Maybe you have callings. Maybe you do not. But I know one thing. I know one man right here who has a calling in his life. And listen to these callings right here. Listen to what it says, Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. He gave some to be, a, some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of service and for the building up of the body of Christ until all we all come into the unity of the faith and for the knowledge of the Son of God into a complete man of the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So we may no longer be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men, by craftiness with deceitful scheming, but speaking in truth in love, speaking the truth in love, we may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ himself, from whom the whole body is joined together and connected by every joint and ligament, as every part effectively does its work and grows building itself up in love. You see, we know that as we serve God, we will grow. As we serve God, the body of Christ will grow. This is what the church did. It grew through time. It won't happen right away. The church has grown through the last 40 years. The church started off with just a few little families. A few little families. It was just in that little bitty room. A few little families, and through time it went to another building and another, and it's grown and grown and grown, and that's exactly what the church does. It's a body, and it's going to continue to grow. And right now I say to each and every one of you, continue to reach out unto the Lord, and you will continue to grow one person at a time, one member at a time, one member of the body at a time, because each body has a member, several members, upon itself. I'm using my body as an example. And though some of my members don't work as well as they should, there's other parts of the members that do. And when we all come together and are used by God, only God knows what he will do with one body of Christ. And we are all a body of Christ. We need to reach out and know that God is going to use us to his will, not to our own. All we have to do is say, God... Use me to your will, not mine. I simply know that when God first told me that he wanted me to teach the little children, I was just a little kid. Yeah, I was 13 years old, and I was going to help a lady back there. I was going to be her assistant. I said, I can't do it. I just I couldn't do it. When I was 14, I started teaching a little more, 15 a little more. Then I started teaching Sunday school. And then a little more, and I taught a little more and a little more until eventually God called me to start preaching. 
And eventually, a little more. And every time God asked me to do something new, I knew I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. And I was right. I couldn't. But God kept saying, well, if you just shut up and listen to me, I can do it through you. And he's saying the same thing to you today. Now, I know that's going to sound so cruel. Did you hear what that pastor said? That pastor told me that God told me to shut up. And that's exactly what I'm telling you. A lot of times he has to say to the Christians, if you would shut up and let me talk, so much more can be done through the body of Christ. That's what has to happen sometimes. And there's something that we have to be careful of as we have to grow as a church. The question is, what kind of church do you want? You know, there's a lot of churches out there today. A lot of churches. I'll say some churches, because I'm going to be nice. There are some churches who try to build churches on some biblical truth and a lot of pretty riches and fancies and half-lies of the world. Some modern churches manipulate the Bible to fit modern and popular methods and, and myths in unbiblical ways. And this is not of God. And praise God, I know this church is not that way, your church is not that way. But we're not to be that way. The Bible tells us to follow the whole truth, nothing but the truth, follow his word. Don't manipulate. Don't change it. But some people do. So look what it says in Colossians 3, 23-24. It says, And whatever you do, do it heartily, as for the Lord and not, and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. We're to serve God, not men. I realize that nowadays there are certain popular methods, certain popular things. People want to say there are certain lifestyles that God made. Well, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't. And I know that we're, people want to be popular. They want to be popular and bring people into a church. Yeah, but pastor, don't we want more people in the church? Don't you see that your pews, there's a lot of empty pews? If you just made uh, your church more popular to popular beliefs and popular things, there'd be more people in the pews. Yes, I can understand that. But listen, I don't want to fill the pews on lies. I don't want to fill the pews on lies and send people either to hell on lies or make them live as God doesn't want them to live all because I cared more about money or cared more about numbers than I did about their lives and honesty following the Lord. We have to be honest and follow the Lord with love but with honesty because if you lie to someone you don't really love them. If you lie to them, you don't love them, and you don't really love the Lord God's truth. You have to be careful what you do. This is what it says in 1 Corinthians 3. We're going back to 3 again, but we're going to carry on where we didn't earlier. Verses 18 through 21. Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you seems to be wise in this world, let him become a fool that he may be wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he catches the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are vain. Therefore, let no one boast in men, for all things are yours. Who's talking to you, Christians? All things are yours. God, God knows, God knows. First of all, you don't have to worry about these people in the world. I'm not saying be cruel to them. I'm not saying be mean to them. What I'm saying to you is, you're saved. You answer to the Creator. Not to the people who are creations. 
I'm not saying being cruel to them. I'm not saying being mean to them. I'm not saying being hateful to them. Be loving to them. But being loving to them doesn't mean that you go along with their lies and say, okay, you're right. No, because if you really love them, you'll say, I love you. But God loves you enough that he sent his only son so you can go to heaven. Because if you lie to them and say you're going to go to heaven living lies, that's not really being loving at all. We can't do that. We are, listen Christians, we are God's building. We are God's building. Give your best to serve the best. Give your best to serve the best, which is Jesus Christ, the Lord God. We must give our best to serve the best, which is Christ. It says in 1 Timothy 3.15, and this is Paul speaking, he says, but I am delayed. You might know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar of the foundation of the truth. And once again, I'm going to repeat 1 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17. Do you not know that you are the temple of God? Listen, Christians, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, and you are his temple. Christian soldiers today, I say to you, keep on keeping on. You are God's temple. I don't say this in the sense that we are to build ourselves up and be arrogant. Oh, I'm God's temple. I can do anything. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that we are to remember that God loves us so much. We are his building. We are to go out there living holy, spiritual, continuously putting God first and to keep on keeping on no matter what goes on in this world to put Christ first and I will end today by reading Galatians 6 9 and let us not grow weary in doing good for in due season we shall reap if we do not give up let us bow in prayer dear precious heavenly father Lord God almighty we thank you so very much for this day in which we can celebrate this church. And Lord God, we thank you so much that you have brought us together, brothers and sisters in Christ, through the blood and through spirit. Lord God, I pray that you will be with us all. Lord, if there be anyone who's watching today, I pray you bless them. I pray, Lord God, that you will lead them and guide them that they will remember that they are the temple, that they will give their lives to you and be dedicated to you. And Lord, if there be anything that they are uh, addicted to that's hurting the temple, Lord, the temple that is their body, I pray, Lord God, you'll give them strength to quit it. Lord God, I, I dedicate myself to you today, that my body will be uh, more blessed, so that, Lord God, that I will, in everything I do, I will die daily unto you, Lord God, and so that my body will be blessed and dedicated unto you, Lord God. I pray this in your holy, precious name, Lord God, and I pray that you bless us this week as we follow you. In Jesus' most holy and precious name I pray. Amen.